welcome to the next episode of EV Logs Pet Health and Care Podcast Petonomics. I'm your host Isha and today we are covering everything you need to know about dog nutrition. We are joined today by Brinda Thakkar, pet nutrition consultant and pet snack extraordinaire. Welcome Brinda Thakkar to Petonomics. Tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, thank you for having me first of all. Um where do I start? So when I started my journey to be around dogs, to be a part of to have dogs as a part of my life i started as a dog trainer and um, also because i love dogs when i started it i i thought you know i'll just do it as a part time job i didn't know the amount of work i was going to get then the amount of dogs that there are and the amount of people that are open to training dogs and when i started i realized it's a full time job it's soon after that i i sort of realized people have no idea what kind of food to feed their dogs even if they are feeding the dogs a certain food they don't know how much in quantity you know they'll check with the vet vet will say something but they want to give something else then they'll feel bad and have pity for the dog and feed them oh, yeah, extra there's a lot of, uh, pity feeding happening yes a lot of pity feeding happening in this country so and then i realized this is just not going to work out for a dog dog start getting lazy at a really young age start having health issues so i decided to do a very basic course um firstly i found out if i could because i had not studied science and yes i could um at least to help pet parents you know chart down a diet for their dogs plan every nutrient for the dog depending on the dog dog exercise how much exercise the dog has all of that and i also shadowed my vet a lot because i wanted to also understand from the vet point of view if they were even open to such you know such an idea which they were and soon after i started my pet bakery because I also realized there is very less preservative free food for uh dogs preservative free treats for dogs so I started my home bakery for dogs only and here I am today yeah so uh you have pets I had a pet I don't have the time to raise one right now it's a lot of responsibility I'm only currently working on other people's pets <laughs> so for how long have you had pets since childhood or since I was in in college okay. not even in school dog college. or cat dogs I'm assuming dog only yeah so yeah, as you mentioned before this is like pity feeding is one thing that yeah. happens a lot in india yes. what are some other trends you see when it comes to nutrition and nutrition in the context of indian dog sadly what i see is um households that are vegetarian and they want to pass that on to the dogs and uh, unfortunately the dogs have to also eat vegetarian food which is very sad because your dog will survive but it's an animal that needs meat that needs non-veg they will thrive on non-veg food there's a whole class of people that will not even feed their dogs non-veg dog food it has to be vegetarian dog food that's just sad i don't don't get a dog if you know you're not going to be able to feed your dog non-veg food i yeah. do see that uh, that is changing a little bit because a lot of them are okay with feeding their dogs packaged food which is non-veg yeah, and there's a lot more packaged foods coming there out is and it's lot. just it's yes. convenient for people who it's may convenient. not be able to do yeah, that yeah it's very convenient for people to feed dry kibble you just have to take it out of the package put it in the bowl and that's it well i'm not very <laughs> i'm not against packaged kibble a uh, dry food i just feel fresh food is better much okay. much better for your dog just how it is good for a growing child it is good for your dog of course when i say fresh food it comes with a lot of work So if you're ready for that 
you should go ahead and get it on. But also when it comes to fresh food, there's a lot of aspects of fresh food, fresh human food, which is what we yes. end up feeding them that yes. are lacking in some nutrients. Like Lots. vitamin E is something that doesn't naturally exist in human food. Yes. Uh, we don't typically give our dogs uh, food that has a lot of fatty, uh, like omega-3 fatty acids or yes. your fish fats, essentially. Yes. So is that something that you see India and India's dogs what including see, in the diet? No, no, I don't think they have the knowledge of that. Most of them don't. There are some who are doing fabulous research on what to feed the dogs. But the ones that are not are feeding the dogs chawal and dahi or roti and dahi, which is not enough nutrients. Yeah, it's like the equivalent the of yeah. us eating grass, like your playground yes. grass. Yes. You will survive, but... You will not thrive, correct. Exactly. So there are a lot of people who don't mind giving their dogs fresh food. But again... What are you giving in the fresh food is so, so important. Are you giving a certain proportion of meat or protein? Let's not say meat, let's say protein. Are you giving a certain proportion, very less proportion of carbs? What are the fatty acids? Like you said, there is a whole section to fats, just like how humans eat fats. But a lot of people don't, they don't know that they can add fats in their dog's diet. Um, Fiber. So carbs and fiber is not very important like how it is for a human body but it is still important that it goes in the dog's system at the end of the day it is a dog that is living in your house and you have domesticated that pet dog whatever that breed is so it's very important to follow a certain rule of feeding when you have a dog in the house okay so uh, speaking about dogs that you bring into your house there are different types of dogs there are small dogs yes medium dogs large dogs So based on this, could you tell us a little bit about firstly, what dogs fall into the category of small, medium and large? Well, I'll give you an example. So there is a huge trend right now of Shih Tzus. They're a small breed. They're a toy breed. You have Labradors. They have been the most famous breeds. I'm hoping it continues because they're really good dogs. But they fall into a medium to large category. You have Cocker Spaniels that are medium dogs. You have super giant dogs as well which are your Great Danes and St. Bernards and don't even think people should get St. Bernards in this country it's really really wrong to do that but yes these are the categories now I have seen and what are the weight classes for let's say small dogs medium dogs large dogs between Shih Tzu's between 5 and 10 kgs yes Okay. medium is so if I'm saying Labrador full size male Labrador could be 36-37 kgs between 35 and 37 and a large dog would be above 40-ish yes yeah Great Danes are above 60 kgs. <laughs> so they have a lot to eat in one day. And Shih Tzus have one part of that that they eat in, in a yeah. whole day. You know, it's so funny. You get a lot of, I get a lot of calls. And mostly these calls are, my dog is fussy. My dog doesn't eat for half the day. And mostly these dogs are Shih Tzus. You know, they don't need to eat as much as you're exactly. feeding them probably. My dog doesn't, he'll skip breakfast. He'll eat only lunch and then snack. And I'm like, why does your dog have to eat four meals like a human being? It's, this is a difference, right? They think that just because they have a dog, the dog also has to eat four times in a day. Not really. That's when you have fussy dogs. So a Labrador will eat 10 times a day because they are a lab. They are voracious eaters. Most labs love food. Shih Tzus typically don't. And the more variety you constantly give to a smaller breed, most small dogs are fussy eaters. But what people usually do is they give so much variety to the dogs that then they get so fussy that they meet, they literally skip a whole half a day of meals. And then that leads to acidity. So it's, it's also the fault of the pet parents sometimes I feel because 
they are also going wrong somewhere in feeding it's not about feeding food it's about what you're feeding and how much in quantity you're feeding and how many number of times you're feeding in a day all of that matters as much as the quality of food you're feeding your dog all right and yeah as we've also discussed this in some previous episodes our episode with uh, dr thange hmm. uh, that dogs have a metabolism that basically results in their food taking about half a day to digest fully So that's the reason why vets typically recommend feeding your dog just twice a day because by the time they've yes. digested their breakfast it's already evening or night. Yes. So you can't they also have a the... very high acidity level unlike human beings which is why people are very scared people don't know that if they eat a certain amount of meat it's fine it's going to break down in the dog system. It's going to break down in a dog's body whether it's raw or not raw it will break down. They don't get this they don't know of this. I don't think that dry dog food the dog was bred to or born to eat in in the first place itself nowadays dogs eat it because the ancestors have eaten it it's it's become a pattern because mother and father have eaten their mother and father have eaten so the dog's body and system is taking to it they were not typically born to eat that food yeah but it's still a better much better alternative than vegetarian food or even yes. It, non-nutritious food Absolutely. so and it's the convenience really especially in indian households when it's typically an urban setting yeah, so yeah, when you have a couple yeah. that is going to go to work yeah they don't have a choice but they're open to giving non-veg food which is in a, comes yeah. in a package so you should Fine. check the nutritions of the food you're feeding i think yes. that would be one of the most essential things because india is opening up as a dog market absolutely the so you're getting all of these amazing difference. brands and amazing yes. play, uh, foods coming in so just making sure that the, you know the food that's the first nutrition so, oh, sorry the first ingredient should at least be a meat absolutely yeah. you can't have um wheat in that read up on the package there is a whole list of things that are gone into making that food read up see if there is corn used don't go for it see if there's wheat don't go for it they have to write meat what meat most of them now have understood grain free is what mostly people are looking for go for the grain free ones there are some amazing brands which even i would um, suggest to pet parents that can't have absolutely no way of giving fresh food in the house which is okay so i would suggest those brands to them so yeah there is a lot coming in the country of course there is no saying no about it so can we talk about uh, a bit more about these different dogs and the different mm. dog sizes and their needs so small dogs i believe mature much faster mm. than large mm. dogs or medium sized dogs yeah, so yeah, yeah. the period during which they need that pre-made you know puppy food which is essential and has all of their ingredients is a lot smaller and they can start eating fresh food or homemade food much earlier So could you walk us through the different stages how long do small dogs remain puppies for how long do large dogs remain puppies for So mentally everyone thinks that small dogs or any dog once they hit 1 year are adults which is not true firstly they're still puppies physically even though a small dog is growing up faster than a say a lab a shih tzu is growing up faster physically than a lab at that age there is between when they are growing up when they are puppies between 6 months to 8 months they still require they are very active dogs right they still require more food than when they turn 1 year 1 and a half 1 year 5 months same with labs when when they are puppies when they are growing basically the growing stage is when they need more food when they need more and how protein. long is a growing stage for let's say a easily labrador easily a year a year and for large dogs i've heard that it's up to 18 months they're still in that phase of puppyhood for 18 Mentally, months or so yes. also physically because they're still growing they're still growing yes because they don't the reach quantity, their final weight correct but the quantity um of food will matter it depends on the breed um shizu is not going to eat that the amount of food it would eat at 6 months that it would eat at eight, 18 months it's a huge difference 
they would eat more food between six months to say about a year, after which the food quantity will drop down. It's not the same for Labradors. Okay, and what's the breakdown of nutrients that your dogs need? And this is adult dogs because, of course, when it's a puppy dog, you yes, should be yes. referring to your vet about yes. what to feed and how much to feed him or her. But as an adult dog, what are the essentials you need? What percentage or what fraction of the food bowl should be filled with proteins? What fraction should be uh, yeah. carbs? Because I think hmm. a lot of people mostly give like 80% rice of carbs. and like yeah. five pieces of chicken. Yes. Every dog, when they're eating one year, depending on the dog's breed size, very, very importantly, exercise level that people don't understand here is so important, the quantity will change. So a working breed, like a police dog, you know, a German Shepherd that's a working breed, has to eat more than 50% or 60-70% of just protein, just meat. But they're going to burn it, they're going to use it because they're working more than half of the day. You cannot have the same for your pet dog in the house because they are not having that much amount of exercise in the house or outdoors. So when you're talking about, say, a medium-sized dog that is one year old, I will have to know what is the exercise level. Two walks for 20 minutes a day is not counted as exercise. There has to be more to it to increase a certain amount of protein. But at least 50% of your dog's food has to be meat, which is protein. It could be in any form. It could be chicken, it could be mutton, it could be eggs, it could be fish. What I learned from my vet is it's very good to keep changing their proteins. So you can give eggs sometimes, um, you can give chicken at times, you can give just chicken liver. Very rarely you can give just chicken liver. You can give um, just mutton for a couple of days, but you keep switching Okay. Your dog's protein. Don't you have to mix up the proteins though? Because dogs can be pretty sensitive. Like with my dog, yeah. if I change his food one day, like suppose not integrate another food, but if I just change his food, he'll start puking. And that's the same case I've seen with most other dogs. So is it really recommended to just change their food? Not every day. When I say you keep changing the protein, I don't say Monday give egg, Tuesday give chicken. I'm saying if you're giving chicken for the whole week, once in between change to mutton. If you're giving mutton for the whole week, once in between switch to egg. If you're giving chicken for the whole week, once on a Sunday, give fish. Or you could integrate all of them together and give your dog like a surprise. Uh, no. <laughs> then you're going to have a dog with major loosies. I don't think they'll take so much protein in one in one go. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the, not the amount of the meat, so to speak. I'm talking about you can give like, instead hmm. of giving them 50-50, 100% meat, you can give of that 50%, you can do... 25% yes, you can. mutton yes, you and can. 25% chicken. Yes, you can. I feel like that might be a little bit easier for them start, to yes. handle. Because you should start at a younger age to see what your dog system is taking to. Also, you should start at a younger age only so that your dog system takes well to everything new. A lot of puppies that are given a raw diet will throw up the first few times because the body is just accepting it. Then the body will accept a raw diet very easily. I'm not at all against it. It's actually really good to give your dog a raw diet. I'm just very worried about the quality here. So I'd always say boil it just a little. But they have amazing acidity levels. So they'll the bacteria will die in a dog system. Yeah. But again, I can never suggest it. It freaks me out to suggest raw diet only because of the quality of meat here. Okay, so are we clear about the protein? Right? Yeah, so you there need is... to have at least half their food should be digestible Sorry. proteins. Just giving dal is maybe not going to be absorbed as yeah, well as chicken. There is no replacement to meat as a protein um, in a dog's food. Dal works for a human body, not for a dog's body. A lot of vegetarian owners give their dogs paneer every day 
as a replacement to protein does not work does not work they have to check but what paneer is a fat anyway so that's Correct. like which is what on top people of... don't think which is yeah. because for vegetarians paneer is protein so they think if it's working for a human baby it'll work for a dog no it won't yeah speaking of carbs yes i've seen the bowls of a lot of dogs that i've trained with which is full of rice um which is one of the reasons why i wanted to study the nutrition course that i studied because i was just like wait that's just a lot of rice for a dog i mean i don't see this dog exercise enough to burn that kind of amount of carbs so it's wrong people don't measure they'll say adha vaati diya yeah and anyways yeah kaya. and dogs don't even uh, draw most of the energy needs from carbs like humans do humans for example we need carbs yeah to fulfill our daily energy needs dogs typically draw that from proteins Protein. so yes what is carbs to us is proteins to them correct but all the more reasons you can't under a feed protein or overfeed protein this is what i tell every pet parent i know that you're supposed to give you they all google it and they'll all read and say 50 to 60% but still when i have to give a diet plan to any of my client i will ask for the exercise levels of the dog and if i feel like this lab is not having enough exercise that pro- lab will probably not have 50% protein in his couldn't the lab just have a lesser weight Correct. of the protein but the proportions would remain the same right 50 mm-hmm. or No, so why would you increase it. the carbs the whole the whole meal no i wouldn't i wouldn't increase the carbs the food that amount of the total food would probably be yeah less. so the proportions don't change yes. so it still remains at 50% correct but the weight of it changes the entire meal yeah yes. so not the proportions correct. you still you still have to give 50% to the dog sometimes not depends there are a lot of dogs that have a lot of other problems that don't walk enough They but how does that affect level. if they're not exercising enough they i i get your point hmm. i understand the math but of course okay so let's stick to that with it their entire meal comes down to something the protein will still be the most in okay. that in the diet it ju- doesn't mean that i'm going to increase the you know carbs or the fats the protein will still be more anyway coming to the next point which uh yeah sugars that's an interesting thing cuz For me, if I want to take my dog for a treat, which is typically right before we take him to the vet or mm. right after, so let's just round up the proportions. So yes, if we have a hundred percent, fifty percent should be chicken or meat. Any protein. Any protein. Does that include bones? No, you can't give a dog cooked chicken bones. They splinter very easily. It can hurt them. I know that a lot of our street dogs are eating bones nothing happens to them but it's a risk right so you don't want to risk with your pet dog it can get stuck somewhere in the organ it can hurt them you can give mutton bones to your dogs but you don't want to cook it and give it you give it raw separately for the dog to chew on it also works as amazing nat- natural um tartar removing uh, tools and what's the other 50% so the other 50% is broken down into fats into carbs fiber now depending on again the breed of the dog depending on how much the dog is physically active you decide on the carbs you can't give one whole bowl of rice who's measuring it it has to be a certain amount of grams only right for some super fat um labradors it could be nothing more than 10% of the carbs 5% of the carbs also right because i have pet parents who will say you know but my dog is a labrador he's always so high hungry and all the time wants food because the doctor has uh, decreased the quantity of food overall i'll always say increase the veggies they're not putting on too much weight because okay. the and what type of veggies fiber. safe for them yeah so the fiber is the category under which you have your veggies yeah so you have carrot 
you have pumpkin which is amazing amazing for digestion you have uh, bottle gourd you can give spinach but it doesn't suit every dog won't take very well to the spinach you can give beet but of course not every day because beet has a lot of sugar um sweet potato so coming to sweet potato i usually will use the sweet potato as the carb and i would avoid roti or rice in a dog to make the entire meal grain free right there are lots of dogs that are allergic to not only roti but also rice and when i say roti i don't mean roti i mean the wheat so to make it super simple for a lot of pet parents the sweet potato becomes the healthy carb that your dog can eat in a very less proportion and it's also grain free the dog's meal is also fully grain free and what's the fat what are some fat alternatives some fat oh, sorry some fats you can give them some fat alternatives are fish oil coconut oil cold pressed you can just you know put some flaxseed powder canola oil a regular vegetable oil in the house or olive oil can also do you don't have to worry too much about oils you should add it's really good for their coat especially a coconut oil but if they are having a good amount of good quality protein in their system which is meat they are getting fatty acids even from the meat right so that you don't have to worry so much about the oils but yes you should um, you know add a teaspoon of one of the following oils that you can in your dog's food it's just really good it's just adding to their growth so something i typically do for my dog is for when i'm treating him especially when we go to the vet before or after is buying him one of those little ice cream cups hmm. that's high on sugars yeah. and is that safe for dogs to eat on I, not a regular basis because i don't think any no dog can eat it oh no would basis. naturally give a dog sugar every day yeah so is that is that an okay as a treat to be providing your yes. dog with ice creams yes you i have dogs that eat ice cream once in two weeks i have one chizu who's very much under control with her weight could have an ice cream once every 8 9 days because the vet has said she's fine she has an amazing activity level she's very well under control with in terms of weight and the doctor said she can have one small cup every week because she's just that active so again like i said you know it depends on activity levels of the dog if you have a fat lab i'm sorry to all the fat lads they can't even eat it every 2 weeks you have to firstly figure out and control the weight and first get the weight down so usually a lot of pet parents use ice cream as a treat to give a very high value treat to give medicines in hmm you stick to that then if you have a very active dog who's otherwise not fussy who's absolutely okay give once every 10 days no problem it's it's again it's something you don't have to it's not like your dog is missing out and oh my god i've eaten ice cream twice a week i think i should you know give it to my dog so if that's your thought process you don't need to give it um otherwise once in two weeks like how you said your dog eats a small cup of ice cream the 10 rupee one for once in two weeks is absolutely fine no worry with that so we've covered a great deal of things that they should be and that they are allowed to eat so let's cover some of the aspects of some parts of human foods or some human foods that we may love but dogs definitely cannot touch So yeah. in ice creams I would say chocolate ice cream would yes. be something they definitely should be Anything away from it. Yeah. So can you give us some examples of different vegetables, different fruits, again yeah. uh, treats like chocolates that they should be away yes. from? Yes, there's there's um grapes which is really bad for dogs. You know if they have one or two when they're uh, adult dogs it's fine. But um I've heard of pups who almost died because they've eaten three grapes but when they were much younger. So grapes is something that's really bad for a dog's body um medically it can really harm them they could also lose their life there's avocados 
there's macadamia nuts those are like just toxic to them toxic Straight up. alcohol toxic of course <laughs> chocolate i don't know who's giving toxic. their dog alcohol <laughs> yeah you'll be surprised yeah I, i've seen like the videos <laughs> exactly. like oh, just take a sip yeah what is wrong with you don't <laughs> chocolate i've heard of a large size dog gobble up a whole chocolate 300 gram cake or a 500 gram cake from a tabletop but the dog was fine obviously she was unwell for two days but nothing happened to her thankfully but she was a big dog she was an adult dog if a puppy had to eat that much chocolate i don't think the puppy would have survived so every time a pet parent gets a puppy home you should just do a little bit of research on the things that you're not supposed to give or ask the vet or ask a professional because you know you have people coming over then you might have a family member that's feeling bad and will feed something from your from the table from your plate and you it's so easy to avoid these things to not have accidents later on in life so it's always good to read up again like i mentioned there is i said carrot as a vegetable to put in a dog's food um there are a lot of dogs now that are very allergic to carrots they can't have it so when you start giving your dog anything you give in a very less quantity give when they are younger to see how the body is reacting are they itching too much are they getting any infection well, it could be lots of itching go back and think of what you gave to your dog in the last one day or two days why do you think that the dog was itching could be carrot it could be chicken uh, you will be surprised to know how many dogs i know that are allergic to chicken so i would always suggest that you give a puppy something to eat and something to try when they're younger because their taste buds are also developing let them taste it when they're younger moreover to to find out if the body is reacting badly they could have bad stools you'll know again when you're changing from one kind of diet to another kind of diet in terms of food from dry to fresh or uh, even changing to brands to uh, dry brands you should always start small because hmm. your body is taking time to accept so always start less and go go up gradually yeah and those recommendations also are given in the back of the dog food so i mean yeah, most yeah. of us yeah. don't read that i think that's one of the largest problems when it comes to the proportion of food we're feeding and how we are integrating Absolutely. that food Absolutely. the information is there at least on those bases at the back of your packet yes so you can refer to those see what weights they've given and yes. you know a lot of them say over 10 days start with 1/10 Two tenths, three tenths. Correct. The information is given. Um, some of them have measuring cups. If they don't have measuring cups, get a get a measuring cup, or you know, get one of those instruments to measure the food. Don't think that one katori is forty grams and give forty grams of food. Maybe you're underfeeding a puppy or overfeeding a puppy. You'll not know. Um, I've had cases where uh, I've had pet parents say that the puppy bites way too much, and then they realize they're underfeeding the dog. It was that simple. So um, don't think on what you think is forty grams or fifty grams, whatever hundred grams. Always measure your dog's food, and give it to them only then. And you also have to constantly be in touch with the vet. The vets are super busy; they can sometimes forget to tell you that after the dog has finished six months, the quantity changes, or when. the dog is 3 months by the time you come for the next visit this is the brand you need to change from puppy to adult quantity of the food will change sometimes they forget to you know ask we always have to remember or we always have to be noticing the changes in your dog so you don't forget to start that extra food in your dog's diet or right. reduce it yeah and you working as a nutrition consultant means that you get to see firsthand what happens when you have a non nutritious diet for your dog Hmm. Could you tell us some of the consequences or some cases that you've seen in your work? 
that have stemmed purely out yeah. of just nutrition. Stunted, stunted growth has been a major problem. Stunted growth is also, of course, genetic. It's not that only nutrition has played a role in it, but it has played a huge role in it. If I'm saying stunted growth, I've had dogs with the worst, you know, dry fur, flaky skin, which has changed very, very drastically with just the right kind of food and a little bit of care. And I've I've had my golden retriever, I've had two very close golden retriever puppies to me who had very bad skin and they've just been so careful. The pet parents have been very concerned and careful about the food they give their dogs, the care they take their dog. And when I say care, I don't mean going to the groomer every week. That's not what I mean. But they've tried a few things on their dog's body and it has worked and now they have super shiny skin. Even though the parents of the dog have had really bad fur skin, they've had good skin and I've seen change in a lot of their fur. Um, It could also have a huge, huge impact on their... So when I say stunted growth, it mainly means the bones of the dogs haven't grown. Even though that's genetic, there is... a just recently heard of a Shih Tzu two-month-old puppy that has a really bad disease, something to do with the bones. And the doctor said, you don't have to worry. If you just give the dog the right kind of meat, protein, I mean, he's going to get better automatically. There is nothing you can do about it right now. So you see, the proteins are making so much, such a huge difference in the dog's body. Yeah, I mean, you can really see changes in personality because of non-nutritious food. You can see, yes. like you mentioned, changes in the yes. physical lethargic, aspects. Yeah. Lethargic dogs, fat dogs are not active. Then they're not getting to be dogs. Then they're becoming us. <laughs> and uh, it's not fair. I cannot stand a dog not not enjoying... It's Fear is one thing, but I can't have a dog not enjoying the outside of the house, the outside world, um, sniffing grass, going to the beach because they are lazy. And you have a lot of lazy dogs that don't do anything all day. And it's really sad to see that. So, I mean, if you are, as a listener, facing any of these problems or have problems with your dog's coat, problems with just them not being as active as they could be or have previously been, then maybe you could look at nutrition and maybe see, even if you're giving the perfect amount of food you've been told before, maybe it needs a little bit of tweaking. Yes. I've also heard of super over-hyper puppies. That's probably because they're getting ice cream way too much than they should be. For example, it's obviously a sugar rush. So there's something that they're giving wrong to the dogs, which is why they're so hyper. Sometimes the brand, the food brand is making a huge difference in personality of dogs and yes, and behaviors of dogs. And it's very, very true. It's very true. So all of that can be managed with uh, nutrition. Nutrition plays a part role in a dog's growing up stage mentally, physically and emotionally. Yeah, so if your dog is even being oddly enough, disobedient, maybe nutrition could be an aspect of that. So that's, that's a good, that's an important thing that you've told us to keep in mind. So as someone who bakes for dogs, Mm -hmm. uh, you tell us, just tell us a bit about your Instagram page. It's called Brinda's Pet Bakery. That's where I put in all my information about my bakery, also my training. And uh, yeah, it started off when I became a trainer and when I started my bakery. And uh, so what I usually do is uh, make healthy cakes. I want to avoid wheat completely for dogs. It's gluten-free. Yes, it's got a lot of meat. Every cake, it's gluten-free. I'm avoiding wheat. I I usually use rice flour as a a replacement. And for all the dogs that want it completely grain-free, that's another option. So there's cakes, there's cupcakes, I make doggy treats. I'm very soon going to start with chicken jerkies, mutton jerkies because that's completely grain-free food. I'm waiting to start on that. And um, I also conduct lots of events where, workshops where I'm just giving pet parents, you know, basic nutrition tips. And that's where I cover fun 
interactive uh, you know doggy doggy treats but that's made out of fresh food so you know sometimes you have parties okay. at home and you want to give something different to your dog you don't have to give them a piece of your human cake you can just make something for them instead of that so are there any recipes you could share with us some treat recipes because of course it, it's it's quite special not to just have a treat bought and given but to make that treat put in that effort it, yes it makes a huge difference when you're making a treat for your dog so um depending on whether you're vegetarian or you know your dog eats non-veg or veg i'm hoping most of the listeners dogs eat non-veg so this is just fun stuff that you can do with uh, both veggies and non-veg so one of my favorite is um, you know boiling an egg breaking it into two and uh, taking out the yellow and adding the yellow with some grated cheese or adding the yellow with grated carrot or um, maybe one more veggie anything that your dog loves it could just be simple peanut butter and yes guys uh peanut butter in moderation is good to give cheese in moderation again super uh, moderation in caps is okay to eat to dogs that whose system is fine with cheese so you can just add all of these make a small ball of it and put it in the middle of the of the broken egg the egg that's into two and there you go you have your little eggy delights for your dog so he's eating egg he's eating um uh, grated carrot inside along with grated cheese the egg yellow is mixed and binded with it and it's a boiled egg remember you want to give egg in some form of in a cooked form you don't want to give them raw egg it's not that good for dogs especially here when you are not sure of the quality so it's like a doggy devil egg almost it's a, yeah i like to call it the eggy delight i don't know i just <laughs> thought of that name you can also take you know we all have sandwiches i want to make sandwiches for my dog but i would i would not use bread i would just you know cut sweet potato in a long oval shape and again put um you know make a pesto out of uh, basil because you can give basil to your dog guys you can also give turmeric to your dog you can just add a small pinch of turmeric in the food it's one of the only spices which is really good for dogs just like how it is for us anyway coming back to that just i just thought of that, yeah, that that's option. pretty good <laughs> to know of it so you can just take um, basil you don't need to add garlic it's not toxic for dogs like everyone thinks that garlic is toxic but you don't really need to add it in your dog's diet at all they're so, definitely not going to get that flavor profile absolutely not <laughs> it's going to make no difference no to difference them. to the dog absolutely so you can just avoid the garlic and avoid the all the nuts no need to give them nuts no need to give badam and kaju and walnut no so i just want to make the paste of the of the basil so i'll make a paste of it some olive oil why not and just put some pesto on the sweet potato put some chicken shreds on it and put another layer of sweet potato on it and there you go you have a sweet potato sandwich which is completely gluten free ready for your dog so you can do sweet things like that like i like to make carrot and cheese pops for them so i'll just cut a small carrot into a into a size of a small stick and take some grated shredded carrot take some shredded chicken or mutton and take anything maybe shredded cheese make a ball of it and just stick the carrot stick to it freeze it for some time and there you go Oh uh, you have carrot sticks you have carrot and chicken pops ready for your dog you can give them watermelon juice as an appetizer of course see bless you can give them papaya juice you can make popsicles out of um, these fruits add a little peanut butter to it add a little dahi to it curd and just make popsicles out of that and give them one popsicle on a hot summer day why not i am a little old school when it comes to giving them byproducts of milk because I've not had a dog that has had problem with that but there are lots who cannot touch anything that is a byproduct of milk which is 
skirt at times or you know cheese uh, at times which is fine avoid it there's no big deal dogs are born lactose intolerant so they they don't need to have milk but at times if you want to add byproducts of milk to their diet sometimes for training sometimes just as a snack in between two meals because you know your dog is acidic very easily you'll have vets who say give a little bit of dahi in between there's absolutely no problem with that if your dog system is taking to it give it i've had really sweet people call me and say this is what we feed the strays it okay because you know they can't have milk they can't have roti what do we do we can afford just this and i'll tell them please go ahead your indian parias your indian dogs are okay to eat these things when i say no roti no milk i'm talking about our pet dogs because they are the like sensitive breed ones. dogs yes but parias even if it's a paria that you have in your house even if you have an indi in your house and your doctor said don't give milk it's fine continue doing that but for a street dog if somebody is giving them food i think that it's not fair to for me to say oh don't give you know roti it's better to give them because i guess some calories are better than zero it, calories absolutely yes and they are living on the streets for years their bodies don't care their bodies are going to be fine with it right so you please continue guys if you are listening to this and you want to feed you know the uh, strays you can feed them whatever just make sure you're not giving them anything that's like a cooked chicken bone because that's dangerous a milk is not toxic to them chicken bone i'm worried about will hurt them so you have to be careful about these things but please go ahead and give what you're doing you're doing your best by feeding them so that's more important here i just thought i should just yeah add in that point yeah we've had a feed on uh, episode 2 and again it can be very difficult to provide stray animals with like a whole chicken for breakfast Absolutely. lunch and dinner Yes. So yeah, just getting them food is what's important. Making sure that they have someone who's checking in with them. Absolutely, I'd always tell all my pet parents to give um their dogs a good wholesome first meal of the day. There is no breakfast and lunch. It's one thing. Yeah, breakfast and dinner. Yes, <laughs> but again, there are a lot of dogs that have an issue of acidity. So the vet suggests break it into two. That is a very separate case. I'm not getting into anything medical here. Basic, but the night meal that these dogs can have. can be slightly lighter than what they've had in the whole day because they have the whole day to burn night you should keep it light especially the ones that are eating fresh food you know just you don't want to overdo yeah it can be heavy on the way. digestive system absolutely too. absolutely so always keep it light i learned this from my vet yeah even like humans also it's because you're sleeping your your body is in its uh, most relaxed, relaxed state, state. Yes. it's difficult for your body to di- di- be digesting absolutely. human or dog if you're like anything living drooling on the side yeah, absolutely <laughs> yes so i think that's a really good place to conclude with the episode i think we've gotten like a fountain full of information it's uh, a lot of stuff that we don't see a lot of indian sources for when it comes to information because again when you go abroad they have different types of foods that they would like to give their animals oh, so yeah. adjusting to the indian you know yes. availability is i think you've really covered yes. it just perfectly i really hope and if anybody has questions to ask me please feel free to go on to my instagram page and ask me because this is what i love doing and i would happily answer all your questions and queries adana that's great thank you so much for coming on brinda we are thank very you. glad to have you thank you so much for having me thank you so much so that's all for today's episode i hope you enjoyed petonomics india's first pet podcast brought to you by eplog media We'll be back next week. Meanwhile, send us your feedback on Twitter with the hashtag #Petonomics. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you subscribe to our show. I hope you enjoyed.